Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. Uh, my name is still Dan, uh, despite various efforts from Sarah via the courts to change it to, yes, Sarah, I will do what you tell me all the time. Um, and in the instance of this show, Sarah is still Sarah. So welcome aboard. Uh, we're about to take a quick trip around the world of professional women's cycling. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Dan. Mm. It was kind of a long name change. <laughs> I don't understand why you went for that, really. I mean, I, I get that you're trying to indoctrinate me into doing whatever you tell me all the time. Um, but, you know, legally changing my name is probably not going to do it. Plus, that wouldn't have fit on a license. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll think of something else. Mm -hmm. Hey You uh, is pretty good. Or, yeah, that, that something something along those yeah. lines. Or well, I did get called fuckface once, so I'm still not sure whether that was you know that could mean a lot of different things. I guess depending on context and tone. I was um, going to say only once. Anyway, let's talk about racing, Daniel. <laughs> we probably should. Uh, well, how about we start where? Well, I don't even remember if this is exactly where we left off, but the the race was uh, ongoing when we spoke last week. The route to France. Um, yeah. At that point in time, it was like the world's flattest ever, flattest, most flattingest flat stage race ever. Flat. Like like flatter than a Dutch race. Flat. Well, no, it did. No, it, you see, this is the interesting thing because it did have hills in it because, um, you know, small groups got away and la 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 and there was attacking. And, and, but I don't know what the difference is. I think part of the issue might have been that there were no intermediate sprint bonifications. Or maybe that there was no wind. Is there wind in, in in France at this time of year? I have no idea. But yeah, route de France. Um, what had happened when we last spoke was Emma Johansson had won the prologue. Mm. And by, by virtue of that, she'd claimed the GC. Yeah. And then I can't even remember what stage we're talking about. But it doesn't matter because following the prologue, there were six sprint, six stages that ended in a sprint. Mm. And Georgia Bronzini won all six. Exactly. Pick any stage from one to six inclusive. And, uh, and we can state quite confidently that Bronzini won it in a sprint. Well done. Yeah. Woo. Congratulations. I mean, it's, it's interesting because... And I don't, I don't at all want to take away from Bronzini, but it is quite interesting because there's no Kirsten Wild, no Mariana Voss, um, lot, quite a lot of riders who weren't there. However, it's still, it's still damn impressive that she can win six sprint stages in a row. So yeah, you know, again, Georgia, congratulations, Honda. Yeah, no, that was fucking but, awesome. And as I said last week, you know, it does make this particular virtual DS pretty happy. I mean, you know, I would have liked to see more wins going to to Emma, but um, you know. It, it really doesn't matter. My my point tally was uh, was good for for the week, but then we got to yep. the last stage of the race, and finally we got a shake up in results. Yes, we did, and it's a bit of a weird one actually. I mean, Wiggle Honda. So um, last year, Kiwi cyclist, Danish Kiwi cyclist Linda Willemsen, um, she became New Zealandish, New Zealander, uh, a couple of years ago. She um, Retired from all racing ever. She retired from all <laughs> racing ever um, last year and like left Orica AIS and decided that she was going to retire from all racing ever and just come back for the World ITT Championships, which, mm -hmm. you know, holy shit, this is Linda Willemsen. She should do quite well there. Um, but but she, came back for the, she, she came back for the Giro Donna, Turingen Rundfahrt, and this is her third race back. Yeah. So... 
I don't quite understand what the peloton were thinking. I guess they were thinking that maybe she doesn't have her race legs on, but for some reason she got a gap. She got nearly six minutes. Mm. She it was attacked. it was amazing. She attacked on the like you know th- this last stage was the stage that had the 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 sort of proper climb of the race. Like it was the the one with with some serious climbing in it, and she attacked there. And I don't know the exact details, like you say, but. Um, but she seems to have caught everyone by surprise. And I, I, I'm guessing it was one of those ones where there was a, a combination of factors where, you know, um, Orica were probably reasonably tired as a team, having spent most of the week trying to keep Emma in good position and hold on to the GC. Mm. So they may not have been able to, to chase Linda down on their own. And there probably wasn't very many um, other volunteers who were, who were keen to help chase it back. No. I mean, the other ones, there was Team USA, and it was interesting because Evie Stevens was racing for Team USA rather than um, Specialized this, this last week. And, but, and apparently Team USA were doing their Team USA things and attacking all the time, but they kind of, how to put it politely, I'm sorry, Team USA, I think it's not necessarily, you know, it's kind of lots of attacking, but it doesn't necessarily lead to results. Mm, mm. Yeah, I mean... It... So I think they were a bit tired too. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think it was kind of one of those those sort of perfect storm of things. But then again, you know, not to take anything away, as you say, Linda pulled nearly six minutes on, on the, the peloton. I know. And, you know, she took the stage and she wound up taking the GC overall. So, But the, but the two things you know about Linda Willemson, one is she's been on the podium for the, for the, at, the world, at, the, at the World ITT Championships for the last, oh, I don't know how many years. Let's 200 years, something like that. Let's have a look. Last year, she was third. Um, 2011, she was second. 2010, she was um, 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 third. And 2009, she was third. And 2008, she was 10th. So basically, every year since 2009, she's been on the World mm-hmm. world Champs ITT podium. Yeah, and unfortunately, but, uh, UCI records only go back to 2009. But basically, um, <laughs> she's literally been on the podium for every every time that they've had that race. So, Dan's mm. lying, people. No, um, I but, never but, lie, <laughs> except for when I don't tell the truth. But the two things she's known for are... Killer attacks and ITTing, much yes. like our beloved Emma Pooley. But yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, and, so it, you know, and that's kind of what she did on on this stage. She put in a killer attack and then ITT'd the shit out of it. You know, it's yeah, yeah, basically. Mm. So she won the stage by a five minutes and fifty three seconds, which kind of knocked um, knocked Emma Johansson off the GC podium. So the final GC podium ended Linda, Emma Johansson. Evelyn Stevens in third place. Um, she came in with a big, with the big group that kind of followed. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was yeah, certainly an interesting shakeup. And holy shit, you know that's that's one hell of a week of of racing for Wiggle Honda. Um, who, oh my god, yeah. You know, yes. like like with the exception of the prologue, which you know by virtue of being a prologue isn't technically a stage stage. Um, won every stage of the race. That's yeah. I mean, amazing. amazing. Yeah. It's yeah, and 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 it's just you know congratulations to them and yeah it's very interesting indeed. So mm. yeah, um, Linda she's back. Um, uh, let's see what happens though because yeah. the interesting thing is they're going to have a big target. One of their big targets is the team time trial at the World Championships. Now I am 
not madly convinced that anyone can get past Specialised Lululemon and Orica AIS, but who knows? Um, we'll find out this weekend, though, what they're looking like, because we have the Open de Suede Vigorda um, World Cup, World Cup, zzz, um, in Sweden, north of Sweden, nice, nice northerly Sweden. Um, Vigorda has the Team Time Trial World Cup on Friday. Which and is then awesome. We talked about this a little bit last week. The road race on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to it um, this weekend. Not, not least because, um, as you say, you know, we don't get very many opportunities to see the the women tackle the TTT, and so it will be really cool to to you know get a glimpse of of how that's all coming together for the different outfits. Yeah, and especially especially because the teams are so looking so different this year. Mm. Um, it's. I mean, Specialized Lululemon did lose a couple of their TTT stalwarts, and and Wiggle uh, signing Charlotte Becker when she left Argos hurriedly in the middle of the season and snapping her up um, is very interesting because Charlotte Becker was part of it. But you know, they've obviously lost Ud Arns, who was just amazing time trialer, amazing team player who retired last year. Becker's gone. Ina's out sick. But the riders they've got, I mean, when you look at like time trial geniuses on their team, we've got Ellen Van Dyke, who's just amazing, 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 amazing. They've got Lisa Brenauer, who's snapping at Ellen's heels, um, German time trial champion, very, very strong. Uh, Carmen Small is the USA national time trial, time trial champion this year. Uh, Eddie Stevens is a, you know, came, I think she came third in the world's last year, I think. And... Taylor Wiles has also been in the top 10 of time trial stages all year. So, you know, they may so have lost some. What, what you're saying is that they don't really have much to build on there. <laughs> well, I think there's going to be there's been some quite a big shake-up in the team with, you know, Carmen and Taylor and you and, you know, losing Judith. But I think, yeah, they're still going to be the team to watch. But Orica... Oh, definitely. Yeah. But, I mean, I think this is exactly... It was probably exactly where you were about to go. But, um, you know, I, I think this is one of the really interesting things about Orica because, you know, and, and not to take away from Orica, but, you know, on paper, a team can look really, really strong, like Specialized. And Orica's definitely got a, a strong team as well. Um, but arguably maybe not as strong-looking for the, the TTT as Specialized. But sometimes it's those intangible things of how well the unit comes together, you know, that, that whole sort of synergy thing yeah. of, of everyone yeah. finding their slot and working together really well. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the Vigorda, the Vigorda course, um, they generally go out, I think they go out with a tailwind and come back into the headwind usually. I mean, it's a bitch of a wind. Yeah. But it, it's, and that makes it interesting too because there's how you ride normally and then there's how you ride on that course. And the 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 Vigorda Team Time Trial World Cup is 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 relatively new. I think it was. I think it may be maybe the sixth or seventh time it's run. Okay. But Cervelo Test Team won it for the first couple of years. For the first, you know, the first couple of years. Well, to and be then, fair, to be fair, at the time, Cervelo Test Team were winning everything. Like, oh just... God! I mean, Cervelo's Cervelo's team. There's. Cervelo's Team Times trial squad was just a thing of beauty. Mm. Um, if you haven't seen it already, um, when Cervelo were doing their, um, their, their, their series of films, um, I can't remember what they were called. Oh, the, Damn beyond, it. The, beyond the Pel Peloton ones? 
Yeah, the Beyond the Peloton films. And one of the things Savalli Test Team did was that they didn't really they didn't have any women's films except that they had two from Vagorda. And the film has this brilliant bit where you've got Kirsten Veald and Emma Pooley sat um, sat in sat in sat in a room chatting about it to the camera. And Veald's kind of saying, "Yeah, when you're behind Emma, there's pretty much no point. You're pretty much doing a double." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So I was thinking, you know, that was that. That's the thing, like about the wind, is you you go out with a, a tailwind. So that's when you put Emma on the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then on the way back, you just let her just let her sit in behind because she's not cutting any wind for anybody. Yeah. yeah, and of course, Veald is riding for Argos, and I've no idea how they'll TTT. Mm, and mm. then, and then there's also the marvelous, wonderful world of Rabobank. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, another, I mean, and they, another very strong and, outfit. And you know, yeah. when you've got a team that has Ms. Mariana Vossen, and they've got some incredibly strong time trialers. Yeah, um, yeah. Paulina Brandpreveau was the French champion again this year. Anamik is very Anamik van Vleuten is very good. Mm. Um, they've got like some um, Mariana time training isn't Mariana's speciality, but winning is. <laughs> so <laughs> that's I, actually probably the best way you could possibly put it. I I'm just having mental flashbacks to the the TTT at Worlds, um, and and just watching her hit that climb. Mm. You, you remember that and how she was yeah. yeah just pulling around people and stuff, and it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't disorganized. It was just it was just her. You could just see the the joyful enthusiasm. Come on, guys, let's go win. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, this is one of the interesting things. I mean, I'm still not. I've got to admit, I'm still not 100 percent sold on the idea of a trade team team time trial in Worlds Week. I, I... I still. I tend to fall into the the uh, yen sort of category where more more is better, and when it comes to team time trials, I like them so more is better. No, I like them too, but I don't know. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Orica is pretty much the de facto um, de facto oh, Australian national. Yeah, sorry, I get what you're saying. You're talking more about it being a trade championship rather yeah. than a national championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And- I guess I mean I guess there's no way around that because you know when you think about a team like Sweden, a, a country like Sweden, they may have some really strong riders in there, but they don't have necessarily, um, a, a, you know, they, they don't have enough to become to have a good team time trial team. Yeah, whereas exactly. Italy, Italy and France, Italy and the Netherlands are just rammed with mm. rammed with amazing super duper riders. They just they yeah. just it would be a completely Dutch domination. Um, although the, the, exactly. the USA would be very good. Oh, uh, there'd, there'd be some very interestingly strong national presences. But I think the you know the other factor is you know we see this already where um, one of the difficulties is the number of riders that a federation may actually be able to send or be able to afford to yes. send, you know. Um, yeah. It's a yeah. nagging problem. I, it's a nagging problem yeah. even for road race and, and you know, ITT uh, representation that quite often women are having to pay or partly pay their own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, and I suppose it does mean that more, especially for someone like the Netherlands, mm. who have such an incredible battle. I mean, you know, we all know that the, if, if, if the Dutch could put into an A team and a B team, their team would be better than most national teams. Yeah, yeah, they'd still that had just given two steps on the podium instead of one. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. But it does mean that like riders who aren't, um, you know, who are who haven't been selected for the Dutch road race squad and, you know, or, or the Italian road race squad, squad still get to race worlds. So, you know, there is that there is that there is that plus point. But I just wonder how it works, the conflict between you know, riders who want to race the team, trade team time trial and teams that will put in a, a, you know, a decent squad going after medals and ones where their riders are all about looking at the road race or the ITT and wanting to win that, you know. Mm, I mean, mm. oh, I must have just had a terrible day, GS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's, I guess that's part of the whole, the whole challenge of, operating any of these squads you know whether you're the national team ds or the trade team ds or whatever in making a selection and in and in um inviting riders to participate for certain objectives i guess one of the factors is that you're you're balancing those those different sort of goals i don't think you could ever reasonably expect any rider in the world to um second their chances at individual world championship glory um for the sake of a, a ttt um, no no not at all so not at all. Yeah. oh but speaking of rabobank um, mm. i'm not sure if we'll see ms mariana boss this weekend I, it's quite unfortunate actually because last year oh we were, we were watching it together on skype weren't we we were last year um, last year um uh iris slappendale won for gorda her first world cup road right her first world cup win but this year she's not been selected because um rabo are only rabo are only taking their ttt squad well i think that's i think that's kind of unfair mm-hmm. but then again you're not the uh you're not the rabo ds so no i know mm. i mean iris iris is also in my thoughts this week because one of the most interesting things about the route to france was iris's tweets <laughs> Oh God! I, I mean, those are either some amazingly great tweets, or we've really, really, really just insulted the route to France. Oh, you mean like that? <laughs> the most exciting thing about the race was here. Look at these tweets. <laughs> no, there was there was Iris Slappendale's tweet, and there was Tiff Cromwell and Gracie Elvin. Both were blogging. Yep. Oh, and Chloe McConville too. Um, there was some really good social media that came out of it. So yeah, I really enjoyed them. And we 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 do enjoy a good bit of social media here. So you know. Yes. Mm. Um, what else this week? Oh 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 oh. Well, oh, are, are we I ready talk- to move on to Junior Track Worlds? Yes, Junior Track World Championships. I was now, very excited. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, given that I am a, a keen aficionado of all things track. I'm pretty sure that this event took place in Glasgow, yeah? Yes, it did. Win! Woo! I know all about track. I get it. It's mm. it's the Junior Track Worlds. I was I was talking about this the other day um, to Scott O'Rourke, who does the Velocast podcast for Eurosport, and he, he was there, and he was saying that... Um, hang on, hang on, hang on, about... hang on, hang on. You, you do podcasts other than this podcast? Yeah. You're cheating on this podcast with another podcast. I've always told you I was exclusive. This is not an open podcast relationship. Yeah, yeah, you always knew. You always knew it's an open podcast relationship. Shit. I need to go back and look at the contract. Alright, alright. My lawyers will be in touch. I'm pretty sure we had a (laughs) I'm pretty sure we had a podcast prenup, but I'll have to (laughs) 
<laughs> I'll have to look into it. <laughs> All right. All right. Awkward <laughs> podcast marriage jokes over. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh, no, I broke you. Now I'm hoping we don't have a prenup because I'm in serious trouble. <laughs> exactly, that's against the rules. Um, oh. Yeah, so um, Scott was Scott actually was there for a couple of for, for the Saturday session. He said it, and he was saying that you know usually when the juniors turn out to race, the audience entirely consists of their mothers, their grands, if they're lucky, their best friends, <laughs> <laughs> and and maybe a bored sibling who had to come because they're not old enough to stay home and look after themselves. Exactly. <laughs> but in the case of the Junior Track Worlds, the evening sessions sold out every day. And Once again, all... proving that there is nothing to do in Glasgow. I mean, cool. <laughs> dear listener, Dan, dear Dan, once mm. came to the UK for the grand total of a week and a half. Uh, I, was in in the UK, time... I was in the UK for two weeks, thank you very much. And in that time, he spent four days in England, and he said, thus, <gasps> Daniel thinks... I spent you know, seven days in England. Thus, Daniel thinks, we as a typical Australian, believes that he has seen everything the UK has to offer. It's all boring, and there's nothing here that's even vaguely uh, interests or worth coming over for. That's completely untrue. Once you get into the Scot- over the Scottish border, it's great. It's awesome. All that whiskey. <laughs> You can smell the air smells so much better when you cross the cross the border. Mm. Mm. It's fantastic. So you have to remember, Dan's doing his thing of of that 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 kind of that kind of thing of oh I've done I've done Britain. There's no need to go back. It's all really boring and dull, and there's nothing there at all to see. Now that's not true. I'd go back to I'd go back to Inverness and Nairn. Uh, oh, are we talking distilleries? No, no, they're just just the the towns themselves. Great, but in in good access, you know, easy access to uh, to good distilleries. Um, yes. Although, anyway, given so... given that I I like the Isla whiskies, if you're going to send me whiskey, send me Isla whiskey. Um, you know, uh, down in that part of the uh, the west coast of Scotland, it's all right too. So bear in mind, people, that when Dan says there's nothing to do in Glasgow, he probably just drove past it. Actually, I I didn't. I drove through it, but it was the night that um, it, it was two thousand and six, and it was the night that Scotland played France in a friendly. And so by the time, because we drove from Brighton to to Glasgow in a day, as you do, um, by the time we got there, the game had finished, and Scotland had beaten France. So the the streets were awash with um, with even more drunk than usual Scots, and uh, and there wasn't a room to be had in in Glasgow. So I had to keep going. Mm. Yes. Anyway, so Glasgow, exciting track, 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 track. It's amazing. I mean, there's something really good. I think um, Andrew P was saying about it beforehand that there's something really exciting about watching the juniors race because they, for a lot of them, especially the first year, you know, it's the it's the kind of the first year you have two years where you can be at compete as a junior, and it's. It's just the first year juniors, for for a lot of them, it might be their first time that they've been on a big international stage. Mm, mm. 
Well, so if, if you're if you're a British, if you're a little Brit, you've probably competed in the junior um, Europe. You might have competed in the European Junior Track Championships, but you know. And if you're if you're from the USA or South America, you've, you've got the Pan Americans or yeah. but, you know Aussie. It's not it's not the same. Those little oh Aussies, no, it's a, it's a huge thing. And, and I mean, I've spoken with a, a couple of um, Aussie riders who are just like it's it's you know it's one of those life changing moments because. When you when you race here, you race the same people all the time. You see them all yeah. the time, and you know how you stack up against them, you know more or less. Uh, so going to worlds, you know junior worlds uh, for the first time is huge because it's like this this first time where you know if you do well, you're suddenly looking around going, well these are these are the best in the world in in my rough category. This is where I fit. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and because it's streamed live, you know, for the little, what was lovely about it was you saw people like Anna Mears and Kate Bates and all these track stars talking about it on Twitter. I'm really glad I stayed up to see that, you know, and you know, to have someone like Anna Mears congratulate you must be just phenomenal. And there's so much fellow feeling. Um, Cameron Mayer was at, was at least at one of the days and they were reading out tweets over the loudspeaker. You had people like Josie Tomic and, you know, former junior world junior world champs congratulating the rest of their teammates yeah people from all over the world so ash mm. norman was 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 watching you know was watching the young south africans for example and it was just it was really it's a really lovely feeling and when they win you can see they're so overcome with emotion or even when they when they medal because they've you know you've got 17 and 18 year old kids who they can't do the same things as their friends are doing you know they they they've given up a lot they've given up they've given up a lot of like while all their friends are learning to go out and get pissed and and have fun they they you know they're really they're dedicated to their cycling yeah well, while their contemporaries are learning how to make bad life decisions <laughs> they're, they're busy they're busy getting up at like 4:30 in the morning to be at the velodrome by 5 to train for 3 hours before going to school and then going back to the velodrome to train for another 3 hours before going home and doing their homework for 2 hours and going to bed yeah, at midnight yeah, yeah. to get up at 4:30 so yeah <laughs> yeah so when they and that moment where they where they all they all look like they haven't actually it hasn't actually it hasn't they can't actually believe what they've achieved mm mm and so it's really, really, and it's, and you can see them learning and developing and making mistakes. And good God, this is the place to make your mistakes. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So the the Aussie, the the young Aussie girls and the team, the women in the team pursuit, they in their in their first in the qualifying round, they had this hell of a race. And one of the, one of them, um, her foot had pulled out of the you know pulled out of the pedal. Yep. And then and then another one came down and crashed in the in the qualies. They still were fourth fastest. Oh and it God. meant that we were denied what I think a lot of people like is my it's my team pursuit dream basically is to have the you know it, it used to be my sprint dream that every sprint final had to be Mears versus Pendleton and it had to go <laughs> three races and every every team pursuit final in my head should be Oz versus GB. Well, you know, um, I guess if you do finally get uh, elected supreme dictator of the UCI, you can make that a rule, but. It does seem to make a mockery of the qualification process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was just, and, and what was really interesting, so when it came to the final, the, the Aussie girls beat the world record um, to win their bronze easily. Mm. And then the young Brits beat the world record again in the gold and won. And it's just like, oh, I wish we could have had them lining up against each other. But, you know, what I really liked was there were some quotes from one of the Aussie team pursuit riders, Kelsey Robson, um, 
where she was talking on you know on cycling australia's uh race report and she was just like yeah fair play to them they were really good it was great to have the world record <laughs> but they would be better i can't wait to race them again yeah yeah well because i mean that's that's the other thing you know sort of going back to what you were saying about how there's so much raw emotion and that sort of thing because they're young like winning is still new it's still like you know winning anything's like some momentous miraculous kind of incredible thing um yeah and and you know similarly though the competition itself too like this isn't a job yet this isn't day in and day out grinded out yet it's it's you know it's still all possibility and potential and everything's exciting yeah yeah and especially if you'd like you know i mean at 17 and 18 that you know traveling the world you get to go with your teammates to, to you know, to, 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 to travel, even if, even if it's just from Europe to Glasgow, you know, you get to see a new city, you get to see a new city and be in a new place and, and meet new people. I mean, I have no idea what the, I just imagine they're all pulling each other all the time. <laughs> Check the local laws before you do that, kids. <laughs> No, no, it's all right. It's all right. They're over over 16, so it's okay. Well, you've got um, to check that in the local jurisdiction because laws may change. They may vary from country to country. So so suddenly suddenly we've got got generations of of juniors targeting track events um, in countries where the the legal service of alcohol and and various other activities (laughs) is guaranteed. are you suggesting they wouldn't want to have track juniors in the USA? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I guess when you're planning your training peaks, maybe that's a factor. Yeah, and they have loads of pictures as well because they also really, really are in it together. So, I mean, I say this all, I've been saying this all week, but the Australian boys have got this tradition. I think it goes back seven years where the Australian boys dye their hair gold to go to juniors. So I think one year... The, boys the lads team did it and they won loads of medals so they just did it again and again and it's so cocky it's such bravado it's so much fun you know you see these boys with really bad dye jobs (laughs) and apparently they are really bad dye jobs yeah i don't doubt um you know uh, presumably i think it's one of the rules that they all have to be done in um the the bathroom of the airplane that you're on on the flight over is that true fuck no It could be true. It could be true. But at the moment, I'm just making up a thing. Um, But, you know, let's just say it's true. We'll make it part of the mythology. At some point in like three years time, there'll be some poor Aussie kid on his way to to, to junior worlds (laughs) in an airplane bathroom, just cursing us. Just fuck you, Dan and Sarah. (laughs) I wish we had that kind of um exposure but i don't think it's going to happen well but that... yeah they had and they had some really lovely pictures so danny danny can danielle khan who's the british sprint star and she won the sprint in the 500 meters and she came second in the kieran behind melisandre pan um but they had a picture of when the first race she was up in was the 500 meters and she started out with like a load of riders to go and there's a photo of emily Kay from the team pursuit team holding her hand while she's watching and they're just like and they've just got so much happiness for each other you know they all they know each other really well all the teams are really happy and my other favorite picture was lauren perry the aussie girl who won the individual pursuit now, there's a is picture that the one of her. With her with the flag yeah yeah that was awesome 
she just looks so so super super happy mm. um other things i like about it is is you can see so um danny khan in to get to the finals of the kieran she basically was i was describing how chris hoy i think it was to you i was yeah, describing yeah. how chris hoy just a sprint you know the chris hoy joke that chris hoy had one tactic get to the front and ride very fast and then and he you that. were watching watching the Kieran because we were talking. Um, I think it was it must have been Sunday because um, we were planning yeah. what we were going to be talking about this week. And um, and so you were watching it in the background while we we're talking. And then you suddenly went quiet, and I heard you go, "That was a Chris Hoy tactic." <laughs> yeah, he basically attacked just before the you know just before the final lap and just honed it down the track. Mm. But then, of course, she wasn't able to do that in the final because they were all waiting for it. <laughs> And that's 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 really cool as well. And there was some and my favorite tactical moment I think in the whole race was in the points race. Um there were so the points race um if you don't if you're like Dan and you don't watch the points it's a lot of laps. Every 20 laps there's a bell lap which you sprint for it might be every 10 for the girls I can't remember. But basically I sprint lap. I do watch the points race. It's just you know I watch like you know the first 20 laps and the last 20 laps and that's basically all you need to know right but in the points race they so basically when you pass the bell laps the first four riders get five three two and one points across the line and if you get a lap on the field you get 20 points and the rider with the most points wins so there was a small group of six riders which had um you know which which had uh I think it was Amy Hill and um, I can't even remember the name. Sonny Lambele, I'm going to say. No, that's wrong. Anyway, small group of riders, out six of them, about to take a lap. And just before they're about to take the lap, the bell for the points lap goes. And five of the riders zoom forward and catch the group to get their 20 points and then contest with them for the bell points as well. Except for one, Ariana Fidanza of Italy keeps her nerve doesn't race off with the other five to get the points because that means she can win she can win the five points for her the bell lap and then ride solo make the catch get 20 and that's what won her the race overall oh wow she was so super cool and it's such a tactic really because we were saying we didn't understand because you know generally what you'd have if you had six riders who were out and about to make the catch Hmm. they'd keep back of the group you know catchable Yep. But they'd then compete with them, compete themselves for the you know for the yeah, points yeah. for, the, for the points as well. But yeah, because because it then becomes a battle between those riders who've taken a lap. Yeah. Yeah. So so for her to be able to do that solo, I mean, Ariana Fidanza is definitely a young talent to watch. She's the Italian Junior Road Champion as well, and now the you know points champion. And yeah. Okay. Um, cool. And she just looked. She was you know after the race again, crying, happy, ecstatic, uh, not believing, just lovely, 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 lovely. Um, the other winners, uh, Melisandre Pan from France won the Kieran, and she also got medals in the medals in the um, Sprint and 500, I believe. And Anna Knauer of Germany won the Omnium. It was basically between her and Soline Lambelet of France. They played really, really, really good racing. Um, Danny Kahn, we've mentioned. Yep. Um, Jessica Power of Colombia won a scratch, and um, Tanil Falapi and Tian Beckett of Australia won the um, team sprint. Well done, well done. Um, so, so was... who who was your your standout rider, like your overall standout rider from from the event? Well, my my two were Fidanza, just for her tactical genius, and Danny Kahn. 
Okay, cool. Awesome. Awesome. And um, is that... It's all, uh, is that all still available online? I know it was streamed yeah, live, but can we... Videos. Yeah, and cool. the videos were spectacular. So there's the all-morning session, all-evening session, and a 25-minute highlight show of each day. And I've put them cunningly on our website, prowomenscycling.com. And I've actually put timestamps the, on the full, you know, on the evening coverage to the full races. So if you wanted to watch, for example, the full points race or the full elimination race, if you only watch one race, watch the elimination because it's super fun. Um, do that. And yeah, and you can find it. And it also obviously links to all the boys as well. And I've put links to photos and race res- reports and results. Awesome. Well, that was an excellent few days of racing. Uh, but that wasn't all the racing that we've had in the last week because we also had the um, oh my god isn't Canada such a horrible and ugly and miserable country mountain bike world cup <laughs> Dan is lying again because I had these emails Dan Dan who's your, mountain bike isn't one of your things is it I actually I enjoy um, I enjoy mountain biking like as a as an activity um, I particularly love riding single track but um, mountain bike as an event to to watch and follow. I'm not. I don't have anything against it. I'm just not particularly drawn to it. But what were your what were your what were your emails and tweets to me about the mountain bike? Oh, they were broadly along the lines of how fucking gorgeous is it? It's just amazing, and you know, Mont Saint Anne has probably one of the world's most iconic start gates because it's a, uh, you know, basically they start in a barn, the ramp for the downhills like in a barn, and you come out of it and. And away you go and stuff like that. It's and it's a double. It's like a double switchback. Yeah. Um, weird ramp. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's more. It's more like something would be better on a roller coaster than it would be on a than a ramp. Well, you can see in winter how it's it's you know a ski jump basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, like it's it's just Canada's awesome. Like I I love Canada. It's it's a great place. But this race. Um, the setting is just one of the most beautiful spots in the world, absolutely. I mean, all all of the mountain bike World Cups, they generally tend to take place in ski resorts. And so, you know, they have just beautiful scenery and, and they have, and the views as well. I mean, when you, I just remember the views when they, they kind of pan across the track at Fort William and places like that. And you just suddenly see the mountains and, oh my God, Val de Soleil. I mean, just, just stunning 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 environments i'd really love to go to a mountain bike a proper mountain bike race one day actually because you know as far as i can tell people just get enormously drunk dress up and wave cowbells at loon- like lunatics those are like your three favorite things to do so <laughs> <laughs> no four because that's watching cycling as well <laughs> yeah but the, the top even. the top three are getting horrendously drunk dressing up and and you know, waving cowbells. So you know what? I wouldn't get drunk at a race. Why not? Because I'd be too excited. <laughs> I wouldn't want to miss anything. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not going to judge how you spectate. You spectate the way that works for you. I'll spectate the way that works for me. <laughs> That's in the prenup, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, if if it wasn't in the last one, it's definitely going in the next one. You can't have more than one prenup, Daniel. Well, apparently we can, Sarah. I didn't make the rule, but it's an open <laughs> podcast relationship, so. <laughs> oh my god, it's not my fault that you think you're the <laughs> only one who satisfy me in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're just not 
you just I, no, that's that's completely that's completely untrue. I never ever there was no expectation of satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> that was never listed as a requirement. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> the mountain biking months and Anne, Quebec mm. and it was interesting because I mean I said this about the last uh, I said this around Val Nord because there's so much interesting stuff that you can see before the race they 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 really do a lot of things like helmet cams or the helmet cam rides of the course beforehand photos of the track walk and I've put a huge number of links on our site prowomenscycling.com to some of the things that I enjoyed beforehand as well you know I've put up the videos as well because of course Red Bull it's all there on Red Bull, and um, yeah, it's it's. Oh, it's so really... like a sponsor who's heavily invested in the sport and its promotion, amazing. I know, and and actually, kind of, and its development as well. And mm. there's something really interesting about the the magazines that look at the magazines and websites that follow the sport because they are just. You know, you read Pink Bike or Dirt magazines things, and they're all they're using the riders' nicknames. They're 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 making they're making jokes. They kind of make you want to feel like you're part of it. Yeah, very interesting. So yeah, um, and the women's cross country went up first, and that was won by oh my god, it was. Did you watch any of it? Uh, I didn't watch any of it live. No, I basically caught up with stuff from Twitter and from your women's cycling Tumblr. Yes, because what happened was, and it was, it looks quite interesting because at first the course had a really steep climb. It had a really rocky section where a lot of riders were getting off and running because it was just easier than riding over the, you know, uphill over rocks. And another climb later on in a descent, a really, int- really good track, really hard track, hard, hard as hell. Um, but at first, Julie Brisset, um headed out solo in the first lap. And Brisset is the current reigning world and Olympic champion. And she's broke her collarbone at the start of the season. So she's, this is the first time she's really been looking like her former self, if you like. Okay, yep. But I was like, oh, well, this might be a bit boring because, you know, she's gone out solo. Um, they're never going to catch her. But she was being chased back. And it caught... It, it, the, Every t- she would make time on the. Cl- I think she was making time on the cl- on the descents, but then would be would be losing time on the climbs, and and obviously it was just too much for her. And she was caught in the penultimate lap, and yeah, it was just. And then there was a group of, and then and then just behind her, there's a group of four. Now I'm t- going to mangle these names, for which I apologise absolutely from the bottom of my heart. Okay. Which isn't that deep, so you know it's a little apology, not a big apology. But just... the um the Polish rider. Maya Wolchowska. Maya Wolchowska. Maya Wolchowska. I'm going Wolchowska, but that's I'm just going to go Maya. So Maya had caught her first, but behind her were Katarina Nash and Tanya 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 Zakelj. Um, Tanya Zakelj, again, sorry, Slovenian name. I apologise profusely. I'm sorry to be such a wanker. In the um, in the off season, Sarah promises to learn all the Slavic languages. <laughs> So she was caught. So, so those two were just behind them. And they came into the final lap. And they were all four together as they went into the bottom climb. And Katarina Nash put in this amazing attack. And just and then it was a bit of a battle between Nash and Zekelj. And just, oh, so much fun. Just really good last lap. And Katarina Nash won solo. And Nash, she's 35 or 36. This is her first World Cup win. 
Oh really? Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, Nash started off as a, a as a cross as a cross country skier, and I think she represented the Czech Republic for uh, two um, Winter Olympics. Okay. Yep. But she's moved, and I know her better as a cyclocross rider. Yeah. Well, I was going to say we we've, we've talked about her a bit, but I don't remember um, much from from the mountain bike side of things because we we've talked more uh, around cyclocross. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this was Nash's mm. Nash's first win. Again, super happy. Just, just. But one of the interesting things about the the, the, the cross country riders is they all just seem really delighted. So Nash kind of came in down the final stretch. She checked where she was. She had plenty of room, so she came down high fiving everyone as she passed. <laughs> Honestly, though, <laughs> like like you look at the places that these people, you know, that these events are held and where they're riding, it, it's pretty much impossible to be unhappy in those places. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then and then um, Zakeld came in second, and oh, well, Maya, Maya, Maya W in third, and they were just happy too. So they're going down cheering as if they'd won, and they have and they they keep that you know they all hug each other afterwards, and they're super happy for each other, and they're super happy for themselves, and yeah, it's just it's really really nice to see. It's it's just you know they know they've ridden hard, cool. they've really loved what they're doing, and yeah it's it's nice 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 and you know especially happy for nash because you know obviously the cyclocross riders have a strong place in my heart um yeah <laughs> along with all the other riders <laughs> yeah i would just think that <laughs> it might not be a deep heart but it's very broad there's a lot of room in it so now you're making me think of saw panda's cartoon ha <laughs> <laughs> ha She drew uh, a picture for us of what we look like podcasting. Yeah, this is this is what happens when um when you know I go to have dinner before we start recording the podcast. I come back to my computer to find that Sarah's been goading Sword Panda into drawing pictures of me, um, to which I I protested quite you know stridently, and was like, couldn't we get a picture of something interesting like whiskey? <laughs> But anyway, I, I'm assuming that you're going to put that on the uh, on the page, on the I website. I am going yeah, to put yeah. on the page, indeed. So yeah, oh, then it was downhill. I know you love the downhill. The downhill is it? I mean, you, you're getting more and more into the whole mountain bike side of things. Is downhill still your favourite of the mountain bike disciplines, or downhill's my favourite of the mountain bike disciplines? I don't know if I love it yet as much as I love cyclocross. Mm. Is that because they don't go uphill in the downhill? Like, if, if downhill yeah, had I, I an uphill bit? I think it's because, I mean, one of one of the reasons that I do love cyclocross is the fact that when they fall off, they don't necessarily have hideous injuries. Ah, uh, right, okay. Yeah. Okay. So when you're watching them, so, oh my God, just, there's some amazing cyclocross races there. <laughs> um, yeah, well, oh. we've, we've got we've got a whole winter ahead of us to worry about that. Let's let's concentrate on okay. the, uh, the mountain. No, I like... I love I love downhill because it's so incredibly terrifying, like terrifying to watch. They're so clever and good, and and it's it's kind of a very very much an evolving, growing sport, especially on the women's side. It it's really interesting that the difference between you know the tenth best rider and the fifth best rider is huge. You know, it's 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 great, and there are some really lovely characters and fun times, and yeah, and what's Every race, every World Cup this season has been won by Rachel Atherton of GT Factory Racing, riding the GT Fury, which has had probably the best um, 
introduction to the world because I don't think because G. Atherton won the first two rounds uh-huh. on it, and Rach won has won all of the rounds on it, and I don't think G's been off the podium. So you know the GT Fury, quite a good bike, I'd say. Well, you know, it's is it the tradesman or is it the tool? You know. Well, yes, yes. I mean, you know, this is the Atherton family. They're just mm. like they're just they're just they're just. They're just brilliant, amazing. But yeah, so um, Rach Atherton hadn't had had won all of the previous three rounds of the world of the um, of the World Cup, and she qualified fastest, so she was starting last. And it's a really, it's an interesting course because before the race, all you could see on like reports and stuff were riders and and people who were there whining about how awful the course was because they'd reconfigured it and it's like a motorway. But then it had some cunning Canadian thunderstorms and all the pictures of the practice <laughs> runs. So it gets up in the morning and they'd be riding in a thick fog. I know. I was going to say I saw I saw some of the photos and the it wasn't like you couldn't even call it mist. I mean, I don't think fog even does it justice. It was. You know, it was like walking into a room where someone's turned on a smoke machine to deliberately hide everything from you because it's full of ninjas that are about to attack. Oh, I went to an art installation that did exactly that thing once. You walked into this room and it was full of this solid white mist, smoke, and you couldn't see anything and, and you didn't know if there's anyone else in there. Did it ninjas was the attack? Best art thing. Did ninjas attack? Because no. Well, you said no. exactly that thing, and I was like, "How many ninjas?" And stuff so i fixed up cool i think ninjas are a boy thing uh don't be sexist girls can be ninjas too oh yeah 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 but i think getting excited about ninjas is a boy thing isn't it uh i don't see why i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure there's plenty of girls that are excited by ninjas Tell us, if you're a girl and you're excited by ninjas, then let me know, please on (laughs) more importantly if you're a girl and you're excited by ninjas let me know (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah we haven't done the we haven't done the dan's date we haven't done the date my dan um section of the podcast yet had we well and and you know given that that our relationship's falling apart over the course of this week's cast it seems (laughs) seems only prudent to make other plans i'm not letting you i'm not letting you advertising for a new podcast partner you can totally advertise for a a lover wife or whatever you like but you're not advertising for a new podcast partner on my podcast god damn it (laughs) it's not your podcast it's our podcast thank you very much joint ownership (laughs) so i can do half an ad if you're a a lawyer who specializes in podcast divorce Maybe we suggested a more lucrative discipline for a start. Oh, we're going to have to have, have have arguments about custody, aren't we? Oh, oh, hey, that could be our end of season. We can do the we can do the rider custody. Which of us gets which rider? Oh, oh. yeah, that well, would they're be all mine, obviously. Sorry, they're all mine, obviously. No, they don't get a choice. You can have Jeannie Longo. <laughs> That's it. I'm lawyering up. <laughs> anyway back to the racing so there'd been like the practice you have to look at the practice pictures um i put some links to some photo essays mm. on our on our, on on the post on our blog because the pictures are just and i these courses are pretty brutal anyway but they're when you're riding them when you're going down oh let me just ride downhill into something i can't see yeah yeah 
And it's one oh. of those ones where, like, like looking at those photos, it's just it, it's intimidating as as a completely independent viewer because you know what's you know what's about to happen in there, even though it's not visible. I can only imagine how much more intense that must be for a writer, but also why pre-writing that course is so so important you know yeah and yeah, it's, yeah. And it's also, memorizing all sorts of crazy little details because hey you might yeah. not actually be able to see it until it's, also, until it's right right at that moment where you've got to act on it but also those courses change over time mm. which is interesting because it was the same with val nord but this course had just been redone and they're saying that because there'd be massive thunderstorms as well there'd be massive thunderstorms as well so and the riders were going down, and it basically ripped the course up to shreds. So you could go down on your first practice run, and by the, you know, the next day it looks completely, not, not completely different, but it's different. It's very different. Yeah, yeah. And that corner that first... Amazing Canadian weather. Yeah, like the, the kind of thing where, like, the, the corner that was, you know, first time down firm and solid with the combination of rain and, you know, a million people riding it is now yeah, yeah, yeah. all chopped up and sloppy or, or whatever yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. And, and then in the morning when they were riding, it was very wet because of the, the, mist, the mist and the thunderstorm. In the afternoons, the sun came out and it was dry. Mm. And just really, really interesting. So, so they were going, uh, banging off riders down the top. And uh, Manon Carpenter, a young Welsh, uh, young Welsh rider from, uh, from Wales. Manon Carpenter, a Welsh <laughs> rider from Wales. Really so... One of the fir- one of the fastest times had been Manon, 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 uh, the first fastest rider I think who'd gone down was Florian Pujan, French rider. Then Manon, and she she beat she beat, Flor- she beat Florian by I think seven seconds or something like that. And then Emmeline Rago, who's a two times former um, world champion herself, really the pocket rocket, really super fast, and she got the fastest ride. So everyone's like, right, what can Rachel do? Yep. Rachel Afton comes down, and. There was a bit where she wasn't on camera and she'd crashed off camera and landed on her head. And then she crashed again on a rock section, got back up, raced down, went over the like, big jumps and stuff. But yeah, Rachel, I think, finished like 13th or something. But yeah, this was... Uh, so Emmeline Rago, really. And, and what I liked about it, again, was um, Dirt Magazine had some post-race audio interviews and, and Rachel was saying, yeah, you know, bummer to crash, but I don't know if I'd have beaten Emmeline anyway because mm. she's so fast. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it's good. It's good to have someone else on the top on the podium because they, I think, people are getting bored of me. And <laughs> Emily Rago saying, "Yeah, I'd love to win. I, it's a shame to win. You know, it's a shame to it's a shame to win because of Rachel's crash. I wish we'd had a proper fight. But the downhill world, the mountain bike world championships come up at the end of the month. So, so I hope Rachel's not too badly hurt. But yeah, yeah, the, her, yeah. her second crash was pretty spectacular, and it's in videos and photos. So yeah, okay. head to our blog. Watch and that. has there been any word on like you know has any you know suspicion of a concussion or anything like that as a result? Um, I haven't seen any. I haven't been following her Twitter. I didn't look on her Twitter yesterday. She was like tweeting afterwards. You okay. know that she didn't. She wasn't feeling madly happy. But she's a very um. It, it, it's interesting because I think in previous years, I mean, she she's. I think in previous years she'd been a bit um, uh, nervy. Okay. Yep. Yep. But this year, like last year, she won every she won every World Cup race except for Fort William, and this year she's won every one so far. So I think you know her confidence levels. She's all good, and she's saying that having Manon Carpenter, who's only she's very young, she's only about twenty, kind of snapping at her heels. They live in a similar part of the world, and they you know so they race each other a lot. She thinks she, I think she finds that really 
you know, really good. Yeah, very motivating, I would imagine. Yeah, and and there's and it's really, you know, the French are fantastic. The 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 French and the British are the two downhill nations at the moment. They're just yeah. So hurrah, hurrah for hurrah for um, vive la France. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, oh, the other thing I just wanted to mention in terms of racing was um, a British rider, Ottilie Quinn. Ot- Ottilie Quinns. I'm sorry if I've pronounced your name wrong, Ottilie. Won the, both the time trial and the road race at the World Transplant Games. Oh, cool, cool. Well, well done, well done. Where was yeah. uh, where was that held? That was held in Durban, in South Africa. Okay. Um, Ottilie um, was already the the she she was the double cycling champion from the last. Um, gold, but from the last games. Yep. But yeah, it was a it was a five km time trial and a twenty km road race. Um, yeah, and she last won them in the last World Games in two thousand and one, uh, two thousand and eleven. And so yeah, it's uh, yeah, she's a um, she's a kidney transplant um, patient. So yeah, it's oh, cool. it's all good. Oh, good um, on her. Yeah. yeah. She she um, but, and being the transplant games, I love this quote um, in the Luton Dunstall Gazette or whatever it is. Um, after the result, she tweeted a picture of her medals. Blah blah blah. She also praised her new kidney. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask: Does the you know like well? I guess it depends on what you've had transplanted as to whether or not maybe you had a living donor. Because you know, if I was like a living donor of a kidney, I I don't know. Maybe I'd want one of those medals. Yeah, well, I'm well, her mom, or just a, her mom or maybe, her kidney. Maybe a kidney-sized piece of a medal or something like that. Yeah, you know. Her, yeah, Ot- Ottilie's mum donated her kidney, and and you know these mm. these they don't have they don't ride with British Cycling Support. They're like it's the it's there's a GB. So it's trans- a privateer like, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. I mean, they go with the like with the B, with the GB transplant team, but yeah, it's just really good. And um, if you want to know more about Ottilie, and you can see it for the next month, um, she was she was interviewed on the cycling show just before she went out to South South Africa, um, a British magazine show, which is archived on the ITV player, and we'll put a link to that. And I'll also put a link to Ottilie's website. So yeah, um, Ottilie had done a crowd crowd did a crowdfunding campaign to get to get her to Durban cool cool and so you know I mean you know big points because you know growing up with growing up with things like kidney disease and having to have a transplant is you know it's like that that would that would you know people might well you're obviously gonna be hard as nails (laughs) (laughs) well you hope so yeah yeah it's you know you're you're not gonna give up at little things like I can't afford to go to the games are you (laughs) <laughs> I, I guess yeah, it does put everything into a slightly different context, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I can find a solution. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool, um, cool. What else did you like this week? Well, I was actually going to say, interestingly, um, I guess in in the sense that, like you just mentioned, the cycle show, um, the the show that we have each week here in Australia, Cycling Central on SBS, um, yeah. this week. Uh, dedicated their their episode to women's cycling, um, and it was a, it was a really good show. It was it was kind of interesting because um, I think the the biggest drawback of of the the show in in this context wasn't actually anything to do with the the content of the show or anything like that. It's it's just it was clearly limited by the fact that the show is only a half hour long. 
and yeah. and so you know and it's it's a commercial half hour so that's you know roughly 22 minutes give or take of, of actual content and as as you and i can attest there's a little bit more than 22 minutes worth of shit and women cycling to talk about <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to take off five minutes for mike tomolaris don't you <laughs> Yeah, his intro can go can can go a little longer than in, than scripted. Sometimes I'm I'm led to believe, um, but then again they make up time because it's commercial TV, so they don't include all the swearing that you and I normally carry on with. So, I mean, I for, for us that would be 22 minutes of swearing, and then a, oh shit, we forgot to talk about the cycling. Oh, and the bickering. Don't forget the bickering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The public divorces. Um, public divorces and the do you want to date Dan <laughs> yeah, yeah he's suddenly free um, so the other the other thing that was um, interesting about it but I thought was actually <laughs> really on, positive hang on, hang on. he's suddenly free in, <laughs> in terms of podcasting yeah oh I was talking about dating I was oh hey say. hey hey you're the one who wanted to rebrand me as like awesome and, and as the James Bond of, of uh, cycling podcasts well, you know, I think you're. You know, I think that any girl should be dating you. <laughs> See, not not picky at all. Just any old girl will do. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't deserve anyone special. <laughs> Happiness isn't an issue. Compatibility doesn't mean anything. Just. Just any, any it, it honestly okay. doesn't even have to any be a girl. Any girl will be happy to date you. <laughs> any girl will be happy to date you, I'm sure. Oh, well, moving on. Um, so the other thing that they did on the show was, was um, I thought this was really good, though, was actually talk through um, several different layers of women's cycling. So it wasn't just about... Uh, professional women's racing uh they also talked about you know uh involvement at the club level um and um at the the sort of general community level you know participation as commuters or you know riding yeah. a bike down to the shops to pick up some groceries and and things like that and and so i thought it was look you know like not to be i'm not i don't mean this as a criticism at all obviously there's a lot more that can be discussed and should be discussed but i thought it was a great uh first step in sort of beginning to drink bring these broader issues into um the the greater conversation around cycling in australia and particularly because sbs is the the home of cycling coverage in australia you know they they um, play all the big races, so we get the Tour de France there, we get the classics there, we get the um, you know choice stages live of of the Vuelta and Giro there, and um, and a lot of you know and daily highlights of those races and that sort of thing. So it, they're the the broadcast home of cycling in Australia. So it was very it was very positive and heartening to see that conversation begin. I'd love to see, and I hope that what happens next is that. In future episodes, they they start to devote full episodes to those specific groups of issues, um, yeah. and start to explore and tell us some more of the stories of, of you know women who commute and how they commute and where they do it and and how that functionally works and women who ride for their club and and all of those sorts of things and and I think you know I think that would wind up being a really great series um, as part of the the ongoing show. Who did they have on? So um, Kate Bates, who, uh, as we all know, was a former world champion on the track, is one of their regular presenters. So she was the, the sort of anchoring uh, person on, on the team. They also had 
um, sorry, I'm just pulling up the names so that I get them absolutely right. The president. They also had some other people. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, it's because it's because I I know, I know all sorts of weird things like Twitter handles, um, but not actual names. So the president. Yeah, and the... ever since ever since this is one of those things where ever since we stopped editing the show, <laughs> um, poor Dan doesn't have the chance to kind of go offline, look <laughs> it up, and come back and sound ever, extra knowledgeable. Yeah, ever, which ever I so smart. <laughs> but you, you know, I, you I, don't I, mean I, that really, at all. He does cook very, very well. And, uh... <laughs> Shut up! Jeez. <laughs> Good God. This is horrible. This is like my worst nightmare made into a podcast. No, no, no. You know what would be your worst nightmare? I Actually, I really don't want to hear it. <laughs> your mother. Your mother joining us. <laughs> no, no. Absolutely not. That's just not allowed to happen. Holy shit. I think my head just exploded. Like, you actually hurt me. Um, so, Ellery, Ellery Morgan Thomas, who is the president of the Dulwich Hill Cycling Club, which is uh, a club here in Sydney. And, mm-hmm. um, and then also we had uh, Drew Spoke, who is, that's her Twitter handle. She's Annabelle Drew on, uh, on Twitter. I was going to say Drew Spoke is the perfect name for a cycling person. <laughs> So, um, so they they were the ladies who um, I, I think it was great because they represented several different perspectives. You know, Kate's a former pro um, and still obviously very heavily involved in in professional cycling and cycling coverage as a professional sport. Um, you know, Ellery's uh, purview is is very much as the uh, president of one of the larger clubs here in Sydney, and um, and they have you know at Dulwich Hill they have workshops and and rides organized just for women and and have been doing a bunch of things around that um you know and annabelle is a a passionate cycling fan in terms of you know fan of the the professional sport but is also just a a casual cyclist and and so Mm -hmm. you know it, it was good because it was you know healthy conversation in the sense that it wasn't just everyone going on and and just agreeing all the time you know uh, the slightly slight variations in viewpoints and and perspectives on what things achieve, um, I think it's a really healthy thing, and I think it was yeah. really really well handled because it's you know it was one of those things where people were like yes we all want to see uh, participation rates go up we want to see coverage go up we want to see this and that but you know we also you know this part of it's got to be run as a professional business it's got to be sustainable and profitable otherwise. You, you can't do it. But that bit, you know, that's that's where we look at regulatory things to, to encourage participation and, and stuff. And and so it was really, you know, I, I found it really good. So, yeah. Excellent. So, and we'll put a link. I, mean, I don't know if, I'm, I've never I've never quite been able to watch Cycling Central, um, but maybe if you're in Australia, you can watch it if you haven't seen it already. Yeah. If you're, in, if you're not, in Australia, it's, it is on the SBS Cycling Central website. Um, and we'll, we'll put the link... Uh, but I'm no, I'm not 100 percent sure if it's geo restricted or not. Yeah. Mm. Um, speaking of Australians, um, I know what I enjoyed this week. Rochelle Gilmore's roller tricks. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Rochelle's tricks not taking absolutely nothing away from them. They're definitely better than any trick I've ever done on the rollers. Um, but I still think Siri cooking on the rollers is. You know, I think that's my roller trick of the year so far. 
Yeah, yeah. Because um, if you missed it already, um, the 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 Belgian, the men's cyclocross world champ, Sven Nace. Oh, Sven Nace, Sven, you're the greatest. Um, Sven, Sven. Um, as he's actually really known, um, was did a, did a, put out a video earlier on in the year where he was on the rollers and he was doing things like you know one foot off, reaching down for his bottle, doing some tricks. And Siri Minga from the High Tech decided to take this one step further, where she did all the tricks that Sven Nace did, and then she had a separate video where she cooked an omelet on the rollers. <laughs> It was set, so her, set her rollers up alongside the, the stove top and cooked an omelette. Um, so Rochelle's trick, she takes a tyre and she is on the rollers and she gets the tyre while she's cycling along on the rollers all the way. I can't even describe it. She well, the, the, trick the, is, the trick is that you, the yeah, you, you trail, you, you basically drag the tube because it's not actually a tyre, it's a tube. Um, uh, in front of the the front roller, and you let the roller um, pull it through under the wheel, the front wheel. So you've yeah. now got the tube uh, underneath the bike, as it were. And then you pull the top part of the tube over the handlebars, and then over your shoulder, and then you you know drop the the tube back down so that it falls under the the cranks, and um, and then back. Uh, drag it back through the same process out of the back, un- under the back tire and, and out of the rollers. Uh, you know, which it, doing, it sounds kind of simple when you explain it, but doing that without coming flying off the, the rollers and dying is, you know, pretty pretty good <laughs> achievement, really. And, and as pretty much everyone has said this week, great trick. How the hell did she decide to try to do that? <laughs> well, it's actually, I don't know where it originated, but that's actually a trick that's been around for a while. So, um, it's, oh, okay. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. Us, don't, but don't, don't, don't disillusion me. Oh, okay. Well, I'll stop right there. Yeah. Unless, and, um, unless things go badly in the divorce, in which case, watch okay. out, watch out, Connolly. Oh. I'm going to add that to my list of if, grievances. If, if this turns what? acrimonious, <laughs> I'm going to spoil all your tricks. <laughs> oh, no. Um, uh, Rochelle also had a video explaining how to do how to ride the rollers for newbies as well. And mm. as I said to Scott, <laughs> my other podcast partner, as I said to Scott, <laughs> watch both videos. Don't get them the wrong way round. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you should probably start with the beginners one. But uh, it was actually it was it was a great video because she went through in not overly simplified detail, but clear step by step detail on you know things that like you don't even normally consider. Like it, uh, like it had never even really occurred to me until I, I watched the video where you know she's like yes because this is how you get on the bike on the rollers because if you if you're riding with clipless pedals that's actually kind of a a thing. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not the easiest thing in the world to jump up on a bike on the rollers with one foot already clipped in and and throw a leg over and not fly off because your center of gravity is all over the place and stuff. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, she was also had a article in The Guardian this week as part of their Women in Leadership series, mm. which was nice. It's been, um, it's, been a big, a... it's been a big wiggle week, really, hasn't it? You know, winning every stage yeah, of yeah, the, yeah. the route to France. Yeah, and then, yeah. 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 Wow. I mean, as, as you probably know, Rochelle runs the Wiggle Honda team and she always had, she's a really interesting cyclist because she had stakes in, in previous lotto, in lotto cycling teams. 
and you know financial stakes uh, ownership stakes and she was running her own dream team in us in the australian season two but wiggle honda is by far the biggest thing that she's done and you know and obviously as we said doing very very well so she has this article in the guardian which is the the british newspaper sorry to lovely listeners who it's not your newspaper of choice but yes it's it's apparently not everyone reads the guardian dan no way. That's a ma- well. I, I guess know. I guess someone reads the Murdoch papers, so, <laughs> or or is is it just that um, fish and chip shops buy them in bulk to to wrap yeah. food and refuse in? So. Yeah, I mean, I like I like this is what I liked about it. She said that she doesn't she doesn't focus too much on the comparison with men's cycling because she sees them as completely separate sports. Um, I regard what the men do as a benchmark for us to aspire to and a set of guidelines for how to elevate our sport to reach that level on and off the bike. You know, we learn from them. Uh, Female cyclists are ultimately more proactive in attracting publicity for our sport. We have to be because the media attention certainly uh, currently given to women's cycling is much, so much less than what the men receive. Women are very business-minded, and we know that in the current situation, we have to do more than just ride a bike in order to attract media attention, and consequently, more public interest and sponsorship investment, which a sport needs to, in order to develop. In comparison, men's cycling is at the stage where winning races is enough to attract publicity. Female athletes are the assets to the sport, because they bring with them not only their own athletic performance, but their education as well. They see sport as a business career. It's true that in terms of professional racing, men's cycling has a much longer history. But as our sport continues to develop and our racing calendar becomes more stable, our events will start to become as prestigious as the men and we will create our own history. Mm, mm. I love that. Oh, it's beautifully worded. And, and, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm going to like the fact that it echoes the kinds of things that we've been saying for, for the last couple of years, you know. Um, but I think it is a deeper truth that... There's a lot to be dissatisfied with the current state of women's cycling, but there's also a lot of opportunity and a lot to be excited about for for those exact reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and also a lot of things to right now. Mm, mm. And it's it's really you know I think that's the thing that really keeps me going. I would be, you know, it, it would be much more depressing and a and a much more dismal kind of state of affairs if if any of us believed that women's cycling was stuck, or worse, going backwards, but. You know, every time every time I start to to worry or fear that that might be happening, you look around and there's just another story and another woman to inspire you and and you know reignite that enthusiasm. And uh, yeah, you know, and and it's certainly true. I think Rochelle's touched on all the main things. You know, that a lot of that motivation and hunger comes from the fact that the the sport is underrepresented um, at the moment, but it also comes from the fact that as we've talked about before. Uh, women tend to come into the sport having had, or if they're if they're young, still completing you know quite impressive degrees. You know, now we've got riders now like Chloe Hosking who uh, are studying as well as as racing. Um, yeah, it's it's a really really smart group of, of yeah. talented professional women in every sense of the word professional. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and, and even if they and even if they're not studying, even if they haven't gone to university, they've they've thought about this, I think, in a different way. Mm, mm. They've made different they've made different choices and they've got different ideas and you know, and, and riders know that they've got you know, they they, they create their own storylines. Yeah. And I was thinking about this with Marine de Vries, because Marine's just she she hasn't had an English blog out for a while. But she put one out this week about the about the experience of going through doping control. Mm, mm. And the way that Marine, for example, tells the stories and shares the stories and shares the issue 
is just so clever and smart and brilliant and interesting. And she was talking about the very human feeling of like, she, you know, she's caught a doping control as, as you know, a random selection because as, as they do in the women's races, um, you, you have the podium or maybe just the winners and a random selection of riders. She's saying going there, being really paranoid that she knows that she's not doping and she knows that she's looking after herself, but holy shit, what if I've done something by accident? Yeah, and that and was one of the really, yeah, it was one of the really revealing things for me too is because, you know, she she talks about how, you know, you you go buy special supplements which are guaranteed to be free of contamination, cross-contamination they call it, where, you know, a, a machine, like, you know, the machine that, that puts pills into a bottle, um, you know that that automatically counts out twenty pills and drops them in a bottle. Um, in a in a factory sense, you would use that machine on as many different pills as you could in court in order to get the the maximum value out of it, right? But yeah. you know they've got to track down and find supplements or or things for you know say it's just taking vitamins that aren't you know don't have that risk of cross contamination. And um, and so you can do all of this stuff, and then in the back of her mind is still, but the chicken we had the day before yesterday, it, you know, it tasted kind of weird, <laughs> and, yeah. and and what if there was something in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And, and she says she knows mm. it's her own responsibility, but it's like it's like there's no there's there's the there's these things that aren't, and and I'm like that too, you know. If I got if I you know you you have that thing where. You go through, I don't know, an airport security check, and you know you're completely fine, but you mm. suddenly have a wonder, a fear of, oh shit, what if I accidentally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if, what if, what if I, I accidentally put a giant weapon of mass destruction in my suitcase? Well, I was thinking Oops. more about, you know, if, if I put a penknife in there or something, and you know, it's, <laughs> right, yeah. it's, it's very, it's very interesting. And I think I'd be the same if I, you know, if I drove mm. and got pulled for a breathalyzer test i'd be like oh shit what if i accidentally did something wrong well i imagine i imagine it's one of those situations though where like if you seem completely cool calm and collected that's probably actually more suspicious (laughs) (laughs) i think i think it's a natural human reaction to be a bit nervous and paranoid and sort of like oh shit what about yeah but she was also talking about um she was also talking about the, the the dilemma, not the dilemma, but the conflicting emotions about it, because she completely is all 100% behind doping controls. But she's also talking about how how humiliating it is. Like she, mm. she doesn't even like her boyfriend to be in the bathroom where she's using the toilet at home, yeah. and you know, so to, be, so to have someone watching you go through this thing where they're not allowed to touch anything like yeah. you have to touch everything yourself mm-hmm. and you know, to watch them and, you know, and they make you wash your hands beforehand so that you can't turn around and say oh it must have been something i touched that got in there and yeah, contaminated yeah, yeah. The and then you've got to wash your hands afterwards because you know yeah. you're sitting there on the toilet with the yeah. with a cup held you know your hand kind of uncomfortably held it's yeah. it's yeah. yeah so i really really recommend that blog um again we'll put it on the link she's marinedevries.nl and she's got her english and her dutch blog up there so you can read it in two languages mm. um other things very quickly i like this week there's been some transfer news yeah well the, i think that undersells it a bit sarah i think i think the technical term that we should go for here is there's been some pretty motherfucking earth shattering transfer news yeah um yeah really really interesting because ash Mormon, who has um, been one of our favorite riders this year along with all the rest um yeah you know because she's been having ash an amazing is, season 
Ash has always been one of my favourite riders because when she first came over, from, she's a South African cyclist. <laughs> you liked her before it was over, cool. I get it. I get it. <laughs> no, she had the most amazing blog and Twitter, um, her Fembello blog and, and and Twitter, where she'd just be where she wasn't just a rider. She was she was again homemade media. She was fantastic. She'd like be promoting everyone else and talking about how great everyone was. And she was just like this really super excited fangirl to be finally racing with, with the best riders in the world. Yep. And, and, and she hasn't lost that. And she's really, she's really, ex, ex, you know, really happy rider. She crashed recently. She broke, she broke a bone in her hand, um, in the route de France, um, which is awful. I hope she's back in time for Worlds. Although she did say her doctors miraculously let her back on her bike today, so she's very, very happy. Ash is always very happy. Follow her. Um, follow her Twitter. Um, I think she's Ashley Cycles or uh, Ashley Cycling. Yeah. But we'll put a link because she's lovely. Um, but yeah, Ashley has been with Lotto ever since she came over to Europe. Um, they have very strong tying links with the um, Momentum Toyota team. Um, yeah. But she is not going to be there next season. No, she's uh, she's moving on, and um, it, it's actually again one of our favourites. Um, but I mean, again, they're all our favourites. <laughs> but she's she's actually signed with uh, high tech. High tech products, UK. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, indeed. And that's going to be interesting because mm. Carl Lima put up a, twi- a tweet saying that he's going to have Ashley and. Elisa Longo Borghini next year. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, depending on, on what they do with race schedules or, or whatever, is going to make for, you know, quite some amazing options uh, for the team. It's a very exciting yeah. signing. I mean, remember, remember this year in Flesh Ballon, um, uh, Ash was. Ash, we all got Excuse me, just, just let me pause for a second. Fucking Flesh Ballon. All right, sorry, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> in Flesh Ballon, um, the podium was Voss, Elisa, and Ashley. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, well, we, we believe joke. it was because we didn't get to fucking see it fucking, fucking... And we all had this ongoing joke last year with Carl Lima, the owner and manager of uh, of the the boss of high-tech, because he had, last year, he had two out of three of the of the World Championships riders, Rachel Nalen and Elisa Longo-Borghini, the World Champion podium, but not Mariana Voss. And then he's put this photo of um, of Ash, Elisa, and uh, Mariana, the the podium of Flesh Ballon, saying, <laughs> "I've got two out of three of these riders." So yeah. <laughs> so what do you what are you saying? Are you predicting that he's going to snag Mariana before the the end of the transfer season? Is this... <laughs> Bold words, Sarah. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, other 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 transfers. We've seen some signing of some stagiaires. Um, stagiaires are basically mm. trainee riders who are given a very short term contract at this time of year to race in September. And Argo Shimano have signed Flercia Mackay. Um, Flercia is a junior rider. She was second in the junior ITT European Championships, and she won a stage and came third in GC and won the points in the Junior Energy Walk Tour. So she's definitely a young Dutch talent to watch out for. And Orica AIS have signed Amy Cure. Yes, yes, which is pretty exciting. I mean, Amy was thrilled. Uh, I mean, as, as you would be, um, and it's, it's pretty Amy. exciting for. 
Yes. Amy is, she's been focusing on the track for a while. Mm. She was the junior world champion in individual pursuit, team pursuit and scratch race, I think in 2010 or 2011. Um, very fast rider, um, very strong rider. And she's been focusing on the track, but she did a bit of road racing with the Australian national team. And she won the Czech Tour de Feminine. And she got two top five placings in Turing and Rundfart. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think she's going to be... I think Fleur is going to race in the Bowles Ladies Tour. And Amy's going to race in Toscana. But, yeah, um, congratulations cool. to them. Good signings. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, great for great for us to get a, a bit of a look at, uh, look at them up close before the end of the year. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, other things I think you might be interested in... If you are in America in September, because I know America is a small country, mm. but um, if you're in America in September, Helen Wyman is going over for one of her piratical raids on the um, USA cyclocross scene, <laughs> where she basically goes over, wins all your races, steals all your UCI <laughs> points, and has a really good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and um, talks about how much she loves Baltimore, and um, yeah. and various types of maple syrup and stuff like that so yeah yeah and post post really fun pictures last time they went over with gabby day mm. went with them and she's ended up marrying Jer- jeremy she's gonna get married to an american rider jeremy durren so you know it's it's not that we don't have exchanges and one of the exchanges that the, the, that the wyman's are giving us this year is that in the midnight rider cyclocross in lancaster lancaster massachusetts helen's doing a couple of cyclocross workshops high tea with helen um, the first one's for beginners, like, you know, basic technique. And the second yep. one gets to ride on the midnight ride course where she talks more about race tactics. So because I know America is a small place, people, if you happen to be <laughs> in America. <laughs> now, is, is it a women's only um, training course or can, can aspiring no, no, I think guys it's anyone. go? Yeah, anyone, well, anyone, anyone. Well, no, quite seriously, um, if, if there's any way to get there, then I would heartily recommend it because Helen – seriously knows what the fuck she's talking about when it comes to cyclocross you know she's uh you know been british national champ euro champ she you know very competitive she won Poppenberg cross a couple of times yep. she's yep. super good she's also incredibly entertaining she's very entertaining she's very smart and she loves i mean genuinely loves american cyclocross racing she thinks uh you guys have you know in in her words she's not shy about it she's talking about it with us uh, ahead of worlds in louisville how how much she loves american racing and she thinks america is the future of cyclocross so if you want to learn from someone who's as passionate about cyclocross in your country as you are, then, you know, get along, get along. Yeah. Um, other things that I think, other quick things, um, Specialized Lululemon are having a sale on their, um, exactly. on their, on their space kit. If you've ever wanted to, to look like Evie, then um, now's your chance. Yes. Um, it's only for women. So, boys, I'm afraid you're not going to be able to look like Evie. Just or really yet. oddly shaped guys. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, we've put the ten percent discount code on our website, or go to their Twitter to find it and then have a look. And the other thing I thought was adorable this week was Mariana Voss posted a picture of her first ever road bike on Twitter, and she was asking for help rebuilding it. Yeah, which is I, I think that's a really sweet project, by the way. It's oh, you know, I liked. Mm. I, I was looking at the bar tape, and the bar tape's like hideous green with black leather. <laughs> But then I was thinking, yeah, she prob- probably was only six years old or something. Well, you know, and it was Europe in the in the what nineties, so <laughs> you know, like it's it's pretty tame, really. I think 
Unless it yeah. glows in the dark. <laughs> oh. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. Is there anything else that uh, that you wanted us to catch up on? Um, that's it. Just make sure you cool. follow the World Cup this weekend. I'll, yeah. put, a, I'll put a post on our blog um, mm. later in the week about how you can watch it. Like I said, last we said talked about this last week, but last year it was live-ish. Yep. You either found this coverage completely charming or it frustrated the hell out of you, but definitely watch it because yep. it's a great race. Yep. I personally think it's utterly charming, um, and but as always, beer helps. So if you're unsure, just crack another beer and you'll be sure soon enough. Um, eh, catch us next week. We'll be we'll be talking all things for Gordon then because it'll have happened. And uh, Sarah and I may actually only be conducting next week's podcast via our lawyers, which should be entertaining in its own right. Everything everything back and forth between statements written by our lawyers should be great. It should be. It'll be a lot shorter at least. <laughs> well, yeah. Neither of us can afford to keep a conversation like that going for very long. You have any idea how much a lawyer <laughs> charges for a statement? It's ridiculous. Oh. oh, that's all right because I'm sure in the prenup, since you're the business, you've broken it. Um, you you pay I all the fees. I didn't break it. You broke it by you know what? running around with other podcasts. <laughs> On that bickering note, dear listener, <laughs> you didn't do anything wrong. Mummy and Daddy are just having problems. <laughs> <laughs> we still love you very, very much. Now choose which one of us you want to live with, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>